Welcome to Some Women Talk Wine. I'm Christy, your resident wine nerd, educator, and blogger. And I'm Sharice, your street smarts service guru. Join us each episode as we translate nerdy wine tips into savvy wine tricks. Real talk without all the fruits and fluff. Because some, some women, women talk, talk wine. wine. Hello, some women talk wine listeners. You spoke and we've listened. You like our episodes to be a little bit shorter? So today's episode on wine and food pairings is going to be split in two. Part one today and part two during our next episode. So stay tuned for the rest of the story. Well, hello, Sharice. Here we are again. I know, here we are again. I'm so excited. And I know by the time this comes out, it will not be National Red Wine Day. It will be. Anyway, let's celebrate it, and that's one of the wines we're going to be using for our fun experiment today, so why not? There's always a reason to celebrate wine, right? Every day's wine day. Every day's wine day. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, and let's also celebrate the fact that um, our followership is growing. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening, following, sharing um, on any platform. Uh, It's really kind of fun to see the numbers growing and and that you guys are dialing in. But leave us your feedback and tell us other things you'd like us to talk about. Um, Anything you'd like us to cover, any wines you've heard of that you'd like us to try. And then don't forget about our Patreon page. Absolutely. Because we um we're very elementary in our recording skills and we would love to invest in a really cool microphone so that we can bring you better sound, better audio, better podcasts. So that's our first goal. Yes, please. So not just wine anymore. Now we want new microphones. I know. <laughs> we want it all. <laughs> we want it all. So yeah, if you if you're interested at all in helping us out, please um check out our Patreon page. We we do have supplemental um, tastings and recordings on our Patreon page. So we would really appreciate the support, guys. Absolutely. So you can come drink wine with us. And all you have to do is just go out to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Wine, And that way you can... Uh, you can get more in-depth with the two of us. Super fun. Yes. Yes. So uh, today we're going to cover a really fun topic, but we're going to do it in a little bit of a non-traditional way. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, what's traditional about what we do ever? <laughs> so Very good point. But there is some science behind it. We're going to be doing kind of food and wine pairings. We're going to talk some myths and facts and the influences. And a lot of times, you know, I get asked, hey, what should I pair with this? I'll even get a text message from a friend with a picture of the wine menu, picture of their food. Always. What should I drink? What should I eat? Yeah. What, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're the- I mean, quite candidly, I don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian. So my palate's a little bit different. You know, I, I like whites, rosés, bubbles. I do like fruitier reds, you know, probably lower alcohol, less tannin. What about you? I mean, what what's your food and wine pairing story and, and what do you tell people? I mean, so many people know me from a restaurant that I used to work, with, work uh, for, which was majority seafood. So um, I'm that, a frequent flyer there. Yeah, that just does not 
change the fact that people still love their red wine. Absolutely. So general, there are general rules to pairing wine, but my rule is always, my advice has always been to anyone who's looking for a great wine, drink what you like, you know, but um, there are a couple things that you can look for and look toward to make your your decision a better pairing for what you're eating. So well, and and I think you know the other day it was hilarious. Of course, it's summer. We're still burning up here in Texas, and so I'm I'm still on the lighter whites and reds and lighter reds. We're having a cool front today. It's it like is 98 degrees. I know. We have to be happy magical. about that. It's magical. And so I was at an event the other day, and I just, it, I mean, the tables were just filled with all these big, bold reds. And I mentioned it to someone who's in the wine industry, and he's like, it doesn't matter. We live in DFW, and everybody wants their big, bold People. reds and cabs. Yes. It doesn't matter what time of year. But we're going to break it down a little bit and, um, you know, get into a little bit of a fun experiment. So we've got a really interesting pairing board in front of us. We'll walk you through. But I guess the the key thing that I, I like to tell people when I'm talking to them is, you know, don't worry just about the protein on your plate. Yeah. You know, think about the whole experience, all the flavors, all the sauces, all the seasonings, you know. Yeah. And, everything on the plate, everything, everything there is composing the entire meal and the entire experience. So wine is just one of those compo- components of you know, the ingredients that you have on your plate. So it's like you can concentrate on one thing or on one part of the portrait, or you can concentrate on the whole thing, which can definitely change and affect the way that the wine is paired with um, your entire meal. Exactly. And so food is enhanced by wine. Wine can be enhanced by food. So Sharice, let's dive in because, you know, I'm the big old nerd. Let's start with a little quiz about food and wine pairings. And then we'll actually get into uh, the experiment part of our podcast today. Um, So let's talk a little bit about myth or fact. So there is a saying in wine and food and wine pairings, what grows together goes together. Myth or fact? That is fact. Like that, just, and it just makes sense, right? So, if you are eating things from a certain region, typically, the things that are grown there go together. So, for example, um, there are a lot of Mediterranean environments. Spain is a real like. Spain is one of the best places. That's an example of this. I think. Think of think olives, think um, seafood, think Mediterranean cuisine, think Albarino, think mm-hmm. um, um, you know Riospaches. So you're 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 looking at uh, white wines that complement that have that little bit of salinity right. that are going to go with those wines <laughs> and those those you know, I mean those nice proteins and those the nice things that grow there. Um, I think of uh, Sancerre, which is Sauvignon Blanc, and goat cheese. You know, that is, that's just a historically yeah. traditional, lovely pairing. All, and uh, I think, you know, you think of warmer climates, they create wines that are usually a little on the sweeter side. Warmer clients usually, climates usually produce food that's a little spicier in, mm-hmm. on a lot of occasions, yeah. which is one thing, you know, spice and sweet, those things definitely complement each other. Right. So, um but if you are, I think that's the same reason Italian restaurants have Italian wine. Exactly. Spanish restaurants have tapas and Spanish wine. So what grows together goes together. Okay. I say so, that's a I say that's a fact. 
Perfect. Okay, what do you think? Um, you should only drink white wine with seafood. I hear this one a whole lot. I do too. And as I mentioned just a moment ago, I am a pescatarian. So most of the protein on my plate will be some form of seafood. And I will tell you, I do not just drink white wines. I, you know, there is nothing better than a piece of beautiful salmon with a Pinot Noir, um, you know, gamay, lighter reds like that, you know, paella, spicier foods. So I'm going to, I'm going to debunk that myth and call it fact, fact, fact. You can drink anything with it, not just white wine. So I guess I should say that that is a myth that you can only drink white wine with seafood. Okay, so the next one. I'm going to give this one to you because you eat meat. So steak has to have a Cabernet or a big, bold red. That's a myth. Um, I think that depending on how your steak is prepared, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it could be mildly seasoned. It could be thinly sliced. It could be tartare. That's true. You know, so a beautiful glass, maybe like a falangina or something a little heavier, something mm-hmm. a little more spice Even to an it. oaky or shard. Yeah, even an oaky shard. Because the oak will pair with the grill Absolutely. if it's a grilled steak. So let's say we're going to myth that guy out. And no, you don't need a big cab or a big bold red for a steak. We can, we can find something else to drink, to eat with that. You got it. Well, I would say there's probably some Texans reeling over that fact, but hey, we're calling, <laughs> we're calling it, we're calling you know, it we're getting myth. it out. out. Yes. All right. Okay. So. My favorite topic. <laughs> so what do you think? These two go together, champagne and potato chips? Champagne and any kind of salty potato, French fries, potato chips. I don't eat chicken, but fried chicken salty fatty foods and champagne are a match made in heaven fact, fact, fact. Uh, and then add a little bit of french onion yeah. dip oh yes, i'm telling you it's just i don't know why <laughs> i mean i open a bottle of champagne and i literally am looking around going where's my potato chips mm-hmm. uh, it's perfect together perfect perfect okay so last, last one. one chocolate and red wine i say all day <laughs> All day long. And not just for Valentine's. Not just for Valentine's. (laughs) I had a regular come in the other day, and uh, they actually went down to Melt and bought a couple double chocolate chip ice creams back and and said, I would love a red wine to pair with this. And ironically, um, it was Cabernet. It was Bordeaux, but it was Cabernet. So uh, luckily, luckily, it was a perfect pairing. Um, cause it was kind of an expensive bottle, but it was delicious. I love that. I love that. I love that. Texas wine club is a proud sponsor of some women talk wine. What is the Texas wine club? We're wine professionals passionate about the evolution of Texas wine. We have wines blind tasted and rated for our club shipments. We know that Texas winemakers are producing world-class vintages and we help wine enthusiasts discover their next favorite Texas wine. Check the show notes and join today. Let's get into the science behind it. And, and it all happens in one magical, messy place called your mouth. And your mouth. Your Ooh. mouth. I know. So love it or hate it. Um, and please do not ever brush your teeth right before you go in to drink wine. That is like toothpaste and orange juice. So let's get that on the mm-hmm. table right now. Yeah, Ugh. it happens every 8 a.m. podcast we record. <laughs> I know. So I'll come in and I'm like, hey, pardon pardon me, but I didn't brush my right, teeth. And there exactly. is a reason. Don't do that. Um, so 
your taste buds. I mean, you can have a lot of them. You can have few of them. You can have few of them. Everybody's are different. But at the same time, there's basically five flavors that every taste, every tongue, and all taste buds sense. What, what, yeah. what are they? Um, so your front palate will always detect salty and sweet. Um, your back palate will detect bitter. You get sour on the sides right. of your tongue. And then you get that nice umami right in the center so you're those earthy tones that mushroomy type flavor profile miso um, almost, and mushroom yeah and sometimes meaty like oh yeah uh, yeah you 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 won't but we, <laughs> <laughs> we do get that little flavor profile right there in the middle got it so when you you know when we talk about drinking wine sipping wine tasting wine um don't shoot it straight back from your mouth through to your throat swish it all around because you want every single one of those five sensations to get triggered when you are tasting wine so um you know definitely swish around so that you're getting the full everything that that wine has to tell you but at the same time even more important in wine tasting, which is kind of a dichotomy, is the fact that your nose is super, super, super important for this little function called retronasal olfaction. So what does that mean to you, Sharice? I mean, so I try to tell people all the time when they're tasting wine, when you're when you are swirling and you put your nose in that glass, you should have your mouth open just a little bit. Um, I think that way you are getting that that sensory from both your nasal passage, so for just your sense of smell, and then also you're getting a little bit that's grazing over your palate. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's what that means to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Christy. Oh no, 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 no. It's it's the it's the two for the price of one. Right. Exactly. You know? So and it's the same. I think once you do your swip, your sip, um, if you just inhale a little bit mm-hmm. of air that helps bring out the aromatics and and then as agree. you swish in your mouth and covering your entire um palate getting both the sides that back palate the front of your tongue after you swallow that is when you can truly begin to identify specifics in the wine and uh, dissect it a little bit better. And super smellers are typically, or super tasters are typically super smellers mm-hmm. as well. And I mean, and it it really is. Our, our brain does meld taste and smell together. And so you're going to get way more enhanced experience out of your out of your palate um, if, if you are making sure to do that little bit of breathing in through your mouth and, and exposing your entire tongue with a swish as well as all of your nasal cavity, et cetera. So... I, that that to me is the best tip I can give, regardless of what wine and what food pairing. Um, yeah, and it looks like you have put together this beautiful <laughs> little board in front of us. So uh, tell us how we're going to uh, experiment today. I, I will do so. And if you are a charcuterie board creator, you would cringe to see what I put together for Charisse today. But again, it's not. We're not really going to be talking specifically about, about food. We're going to be talking about different tastes and again going back to those five tastes so i have mushrooms for that umami you talked about sorry okay. i don't have right a grilled there, steak right there in the middle of in your the palate. middle okay mm-hmm. i have lemons which kind of cover a little bit of the bitter and the sour so back of the tongue side of the tongue okay um i have 
popcorn, yes. which is salt. Um, it, this is a white cheddar popcorn from Trader Joe's, so it does have a little bit of, you know, kind of an umami as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually do have basic salt, so okay. it's it's horrible to just have it alone, but it's it's necessary. For our uh, creamy fatty, I have a brie cheese. Um, I do have just plain old sugar as well and chocolate. So the sugar and the dark chocolate are our sweet. And then we are going to bring in another um, uh, taste sensation, which is not really one of the five, but it's super important when thinking about food and wine pairings and it's spicy. So the spicy something I brought in is a sriracha barbecue sauce, and I added a little extra sriracha it to, to make it is so good. It's really good <laughs> on eggs, um, but it, it it's delicious. And I just added a little bit of extra heat because I know that you you can eat way hotter yeah, food than me. I love so I didn't want you to think I was wimpy on that one. Um, and and then the, what about the wine? The so wines. What wines do yep. we have? So we're going to start off with a white wine, and this is an oaked Albarino 2021 from Texas Heritage Vineyards. Albarino is historically, you you mentioned it, you mentioned raised by so you mentioned that whole Basque, um, you know, kind of northern Spain area. This is a high acidity, super pretty white, but since it's oaked, it doesn't take away the acidity, but it gives us a, another nuance, and so I wanted to pair that with a couple of the flavors um, in, in our little charcuterie, if awesome. you can call it a charcuterie. Our tasting um, plate. Our tasting plate. Uh, so that's the white wine that we have. Tell me a little bit about Oh, and oh, by the way, this was provided by Texas Wine Club, who is one of our sponsors. Yay. Thank you very much. Perfect. Um, So uh, the red wine we have is the Bossier Merlot out of um, El Dorado. So um, nice, soft, supple uh, tannins. And then you have rich red fruit. This is warmer climate. So the fruit is a little more... um, present uh, it is a little higher alcohol i think this one is like 14 too okay um but what about the acidity on it this there's nice acid not okay. not overwhelming and it is not just bone bone dry okay um so this is i'm looking forward to tasting this with a little juicy yeah a little bit juicy looking forward to trying this with the brie and the chocolate and the mushrooms. So okay, awesome. It's gonna be cool. And then you have one more wine. What yeah. Is it? So this one's a really unique uh, dessert wine. It's called uh, Carcaveos. It is a Portuguese wine, and it is almost even an, an almost extinct wine making process. This wine actually dates back to 1988. Um, the winemaker sadly passed, and his family found this these big barrels of this wine. And I think in somewhere around 2017 and decided, hey, why not? Let's let's bottle them. And so this is, I mean, think about that. It is very, very old, but it is very delicious. And uh, I can't wait for you to try this. Um, we're going to Coravan it because it, it is rich and sweet and unctuous. And I think it's going to be really fun to see um, what we've got going. So shall we dive into yeah, our experiment? So, and of course, I, I need mean, some more wine. I mean, we might have been drinking already, but here we go. So <laughs> Again, hey, you get to drink with us, and it's we won't tell you what time it is, and we won't tell you what day it is, but we kind of gave you a hint earlier. So, all right. So, the first, we're, this is the, the oaked Albarino from Texas Heritage. It's a 2021, so it's young. It's actually in a, in a clear bottle, so that tells us it is meant to be consumed immediately. And again, as we said, high, um, Albarino is a historically high acidity white. Uh, so how about we start, you want to start with the salty? Do you want to start with just salt or do you want to start with um, 
Let's Pop start. One. Let's start with just salt. And okay. so first, my initial impression of this wine is very high acidity. I'm getting notes of a little bit of lemon, a little lime. Um, I'm getting some. I get. I get it's some, almost curd, lemon curd. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I and I get from the typically when well not typically but a lot of times when you have a oaked white you get baking spices of vanilla. I don't really get a lot of mm -hmm. that on this. I get more of a pure like if you stuck your nose you know in the fireplace after the wood's been burning or you stuck your nose in you know just it's it's kind of a, yeah, a smoky wood mm -hmm. um which I typically usually get in in a red but this one is speaking to me but I can I can definitely when we talk about um the acidity that's when your cheeks you know the outside of your cheeks your jaw kind yep. of puckers this yep. one has got it so yep and that mouth-watering sensation after you swallow yeah it's definitely it's definitely wanting you to have a little more exactly okay. and so typically when um wine when wines are highly acidic a lot of times people think that's bitter and so they they shy away from it because it's not necessarily a wine that you just want to sit down and drink by itself but uh we'll talk a little bit about that because Actually, high acidity wines are the most food friendly of, of any style of, of wine. Okay, so I just tried the salt Ooh. with the wine, right? <laughs> just salt. It's just, just salt. salt. I want the popcorn. Yeah, so that actually brightened this wine up a little bit for me. So I'm getting... Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm getting that acidity just kind of leaks out of, off your palate at this point. It's like and then lemon that, sorbet. Yeah. Like and that, then that really yeah, tart. Woo. Very tart. Now it's very tart. Very fruity though. Not in a bad way. No. Not, not, it's not hitting my outer jawline no. anymore. It, it, it seems like the salt calmed down the acidity mm -hmm. quite a bit. And so let's try it with popcorn. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. Never going to argue with the white cheddar popcorn. The Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Some Women Talk Wine. The Magnolia is a neighborhood bar located in the heart of Fort Worth's favorite street, Magnolia Avenue. Magnolia is your one-stop shop. Stop by for a glass on the newly remodeled patio, a cocktail at the bar, or listen to live music. We'd love to host your next private event or introduce you to your new favorite wine or cocktail. And I think that did the same thing. The difference in the popcorn I think it made it added. It makes it the the wine almost creamier. Well, it, for palate. me, I, yeah, I was thinking more in that umami range. Mm -hmm. um, there's something like the middle of my tongue got triggered where before it was really because it's not a sweet wine, and that umami on it really really got me. Um, okay, so. What what I got out of it, if I if I hear you correctly, what you got out of it was the fact that the acidity isn't so prominent. It's a lot fruitier. Yes. It's not sweet still though. Right. But I mean, I got the enhanced fruit flavors mm -hmm. way more. Cool. All right, now you're just diving on into that lemon, and I'm like going. So we're moving on to kind of that sour and bitter part of our tasting palette, which you know I've just got fresh sliced lemon. And again, not something that. Yeah. So the acid, the acid in the lemon made the acid in the wine less impactful. And it made the fruit stand out. Mm. Even more than that. Yeah. 
Wow. Yep. Even more than Honestly, it tastes like a completely different wine. Mm-hmm. This, this I would say, is more in that really luscious, juicy, fruity, almost more moving towards that Sauvignon Blanc style. Yeah, it than, tastes, it tastes yeah. like California Sauvignon Blanc now. It's round, yeah. ripe, juicy versus high, high acid. Mm-hmm. And, and so much, I would not have guessed that an Oak Albarino would necessarily scream to me it needs to be a food-driven wine. But man, this is a perfect, perfect pairing for this. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Okay, so Brie. Okay, Brie. Super creamy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Brie's not as strong cheese. It's just, it's more of this flavor. The, texture. the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mouth sensation. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. That changed the flavor profile. That, I don't even know how to describe that. It did not, it diminished the, it diminished the, the fruitiness. Mm-hmm. The acidity is not there mm-hmm. for me either. Um, it kind of dulled it. It kind of made it like almost, I hate to say it, flabby, but I did, I, I'm not, that's not for me a good pairing. Depends on what you're looking for. I think I, I enjoy think the, the wine so complements the cheese. I don't think the cheese complements the wine. Well, I would say if you put like that um, white, like a white cheddar with apricots or something, something that has a little bit more flavor to it, um, it might. But um... okay, so what does sugar do? Well, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Ooh, I have not had plain old pure sugar and. And I just can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bake. I mean, that didn't really do anything for me. It gave, you know what it did for me? The bitter on the back of my palate went into high gear. I got this, I got the sweet, it was probably some of the residual sugar on my mid palate, but that back, on the back of my tongue, that bitter just went ding, 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 ding. And I had not gotten that from any of the other pairings. Did you? It didn't do anything for It didn't me. do anything for you? Nothing. I think the wine tastes the same. I got the bitter. It it didn't enhance it. It it didn't. As I was expecting it to diminish it a little bit more. It did not. But I didn't really like it. No, I didn't really like. I it. I mean, I'm all in. This to me needs like some kind it needs of salt. Yeah, it needs acidity. I liked I liked the brie with the wine. Actually, I just didn't think I I like the wine by itself better than I liked it with, with the, the brie. brie. Yeah. But I like the brie better with the wine okay. than the brie by the, itself. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, and that might be cuz what I when I was um, going back to my tasting notes on that, I'm thinking that some of that oakiness kind of comes out a little bit. So, again, I think, you know, I think that's a pretty decent um, description. So we liked salt with it. So I'm thinking this would be a great wine. It goes with seafood really well. I think you could do a really cool summer salad with like fruit and cheese. Um, it would be fantastic. Adding, adding a little bit of acid to yeah. it. So yeah. a citrus vinaigrette, mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. would really complement this. I so what so. about protein? I think any, any light white fish would go amazing, but not anything too, yeah, yeah, but not anything too, too overwhelming. So not anything grilled with a ton of spice, but something no. very simple and clean tasting. Yeah, more of a poached and, you know, like even think about like salmon poached with some lemon and yeah, things like or that. A cit- yeah, some kind of citrus. Some cit- 
Well, listeners, that concludes part one of our food and wine pairings episode. Part two will air in two weeks, and we can't wait for you to join then. Until then, some women talk wine. Cheers. Thank you.